I need support staff to clear the room. Stand up and walk. Now. Hello and welcome to The Watch. My name is Chris Ryan and I am an editor at TheRinger.com and with me live at the barbecue, it's Andy Greenwald! Yo, not only am I next to you, we're recording this podcast on the set of After the Thrones, yeah, a television man. show that I highly recommend on We just HBO. got done filming our big death scene. <laughs> yeah, and this is how we decided to mourn ourselves. I, I stabbed you with, a, with long claw. You did. And you're dead. Chris, it sounds like you're joking, but when people see the next episode of After the Thrones, which this this episode is coming up Memorial Day. Yeah, so it'll be the same day. So you can watch that episode now on various HBO platforms. You will see that you actually did almost kill me with a large Valerian prop from the show. But we're not here to talk about death. We're here to talk about life. And we're yes. here to talk about what makes life worth living, and that's music. Music and summer barbecues. We've been talking a lot about music these last few months. It's been such a huge time with all the major releases, but you and I are still digging in the crates. We're still finding stuff that we like that's off the beaten path. As a great Chicago and one said, Chris, music is all we got. And then the children's choir came up behind him. <laughs> um, Andy, this is supposed to be, so we put together a Spotify playlist that we'll share uh, that is basically the songs to play at the barbecue Should this we week. say how we'll share it? it uh, we'll, we'll tweet it out. Yeah. And you can find it by looking for, hopefully, either of us on Spotify. Yeah. I'm Andy Greenwald on Spotify like I am on Twitter. You are Chris Ryan 77 That's like right. you are on Twitter. That's the year I was born. Class of 77, yeah. Yeah, not me. Not me. You're I'm, a millennial. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start being a millennial now. I think yeah. it's a good look for me. Um, and then we will also try to make an i i i Apple Music playlist as well. Oh, okay. try. I'll try. Good luck with See that. See, we can do that. Um, okay, so let's start with this playlist and let's talk Wait. a little bit about the idea behind it. Yeah, can we set the scene here? Set so it up, man. We're, we're putting this podcast up on Memorial Day on Monday because we're not working today. Nor should anyone, really. It is a great... I definitely have a lot of work to do today. <laughs> do you really? Yeah. I know. I'm just trying to just like imagine. Imagine what it would be like. And imagine that it won't be 60 degrees and raining in New York right now when you people are listening to this. Yeah. But to start of the summer season, it's officially when Sean Puffycomb says you can wear white. So obviously I'm wearing my, my bridal dress right now. But it is a great opportunity to get together with some friends sit outside, cook some meat, and force them to listen to music that you like. Yeah, or even a vegetarian, like a veggie burger. No, they're not welcome. But the whole point is to enforce your taste on them. Oh, yeah. So you abide by your party, your aux cord. Yes. Yeah, look, I feel like the days of grabbing the aux cord at other people's parties are behind me. Like, that was definitely a thing that young men, <laughs> sorry, ladies, but you know it's true, like to do in their 20s. Yes. That's not always the coolest thing. Is, is, is run the stereo at public gatherings. Just be like, you guys got to hear this. Yeah, right. I have very fond <laughs> memories of going to a dinner party of a friend at college who I believe you were dating at the time. Uh, and it was very nice. Like, who throws dinner parties in college? It was very classy. I think they, they hollowed out some peppers and stuffed them with some stuff. And at one point, I think the, the hostess looked up and was like, where, where, where's everyone at the party? And you had shown up. You, you're being very, you're, you're soft selling this. This was one of my low points as a boyfriend. And I apologize to this woman now in front of God and everyone else yeah. when I say that I got to her birthday party and then was, was like, her birthday? I'm pretty oh, sure. Yeah, it was. It yeah. Was. And then I was like, that's cool. But I have this advanced cassette of the new Afghan Wigs album, everybody needs to come into this other room and listen to it. It was like you had pulled the dude fire alarm and all dudes had to was, get up from I the was, table. I was just learning. To be fair. I was learning. That album, 1965, <laughs> is a really good album. It's really and it good. sounded great, great on advanced cassette. But the point being, if those days are behind you of like hijacking other people's events, Memorial Day is a great time to just just throw down your own gauntlet. That's right. So, so we, made a, we made a playlist. Technically, Spotify calls it a collaborative playlist, but the goal was 
kind of like a, a, a best of both worlds thing with, with sound me clash. Being, yeah. I'm Jay-Z. Um, you're R. <laughs> Kelly. And it's best of both worlds. So we each contributed, I believe, seven songs to it. Thanks for making me R. Kelly. Look, <laughs> he has terrific life. Um, so can we go through it a little bit? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Because I think this is also going to be a way for us to talk about things that we like. Maybe there'll be tangents. Yeah. Have there ever been tangents on this podcast? You go first. <laughs> All right. First track is called In Heaven by Japanese Breakfast. Can I say something? I love Japanese Breakfast. I didn't mean to go on this tangent. Tell me a little bit about this band. Oh, I, I meant I really love Japanese breakfast. Oh, what is that? Is it like a soup kind of usually? Yeah, this is what I, this is what the wife and I did for my birthday. There's a great place in Williamsburg that does set Japanese breakfast. It's like a little piece of like maybe uh, like salt grilled fish. Okay. A miso soup. Maybe a little um, small cake of omelet, some pickled vegetables. Did your wife rice. and you do that for your birthday because that was like her gift to you because she finds that repulsive otherwise? No, she, we, we enjoy savory breakfasts in our household. We're not, we're not averse to that. Okay. But, but anyway, so I was predisposed to like this band much as i am predisposed to like you know halfway raw eggs stirred into hot rice but i i this is a it's a one woman project from the pacific northwest and i believe she wrote this record in mourning actually because her mother passed away but it's this very beautiful like synthy pop record and the song in heaven there's a great video for it i suggest checking it out but it's a very very beautiful like dreamy wash of a song but it has feelings like me it's feelings like me as I spoon. Can I, can I just be completely spoon honest? Spoon the egg omelet. <laughs> this barbecue is really dark so far. No, no, it's, it's an intro track. It's, it's like just you just, standing at a grill, crying like her mom has to like, I'm making Japanese breakfast. Happy Memorial Day. I did Here's say, some salty cod. Is it too late to bury the lead and say I didn't think I would have a good barbecue? <laughs> but I love the song. Um, Andy, the next song we have here is something we've talked a lot about. It's Angels by Chance the Rapper from his incredible record Coloring Book. Okay, the only song by Chance. Do we have anything chance. else to say about Chance? at this point. It's the only song by chance available on Spotify. That's true. I do want to say this. Um, we can't necessarily legally tell you where to find these things, but I suggest just taking some looks around the internet because Chance was on um, Beats 1 oh, yeah. last week. Did it like a 60-minute interview. And he shared some demos that he made for Kanye's Life of Pablo. Yeah. Including his version of Waves where he samples Enigma's Return to Innocence. You were all the way turned up about this. Yo, that made me that made my my my, my chest heart <laughs> fly open yeah. like the door in the back of the weirwood tree. Like that is crazy. And his verse on on Famous too. I mean, this guy is having a moment right now. Obviously, we love, love, love this record. And I, I wouldn't want to have a party without it. Yeah, I my next the song that I put on first is this uh track. Then again, by Pine Grove. I've talked about them before on the podcast. I think barbecue music is always good to have a little, little, little twang to it. Ooh. You know, you're going to be outside in America, like a little hickory, hickory sauce. Yeah, put on those ribs. yeah. I just think that it's nice to have like a little bit of. It, this isn't like new country or anything or no depression. It's got like elements of death cab and emo stuff, but it's also po like. You were going to say jump in there? I just wanted to jump in. This is, this is a visual cues we can do when we're in person. First line of this song is that he was totally nervous to go to Japan. Was it the breakfast that were freaking know, him out? because he was just like, this salt cod is all over the place. <laughs> He's like, I really don't want sea urchin before the sun comes up. Uh, the next song you want to talk about is uh, Mercury Girls, All That Heaven Allows. Oh, yes. <laughs> I feel like we updated this playlist more than I could see it. But... Um, can I go crazy about Mercury Girls? Yeah, man. Mercury Girls I'm from Philly, right? Where are they from? Philadelphia. What's up with Philly right now? There's we some just... good stuff coming out. There's always good stuff coming out of Philadelphia because it's like an affordable place to live in with a lot of colleges and a lot of like yes. spaces that you can practice art, and play. Art colleges and stuff. But yeah. still, I just feel like when we were there in the 90s, it was like people were really psyched on like strapping field hands. 
Like the, there weren't bands, bands that see, people didn't want to physically strap field hands. Just, you know, 20 years later, got what the name of the band meant. No, but I feel like there weren't bands that were part of the national conversation in the same way there are now. Because yeah. right now you have modern baseball, we're going to get to them, beach slang, hop along, um, these guys, Mercury Girls, uh, Kurt Vile. Yeah. These are great, great bands that actually seem to be forming some sort of epicenter of, of indie music. And Mercury Girls, they've only released two songs. Um, All That Heaven Allows is my favorite of the two, but the other one's dope too. And they're on Slumberland. And they just sound like they understand everything that I really liked best about indie music in the 90s, but also shoegaze music. And fun fact, I sent this track to my oldest friend, my friend from kindergarten, Lara, who lives in Philly, loves this kind of music. And was like, oh, the dude in this band teaches at my daughter's preschool which is the that's most crazy that is the most philly most like late 30s thing i can ever imagine if you were a millennial <laughs> i mean i am uh no but if you were getting out of college or maybe you were taking a, a gap year or something oh gap you know who does gap years presidential kids um would you move to philly you mean if i was if, if i was from if i was me yeah, but more so, like, if, knowing what you know about Philly now, would you want to live there as, like, a younger person? I just feel like the city changed so much. I mean, obviously, the version of a city you can know when you are under 18 is different than yeah. the version you can know after you are 18 or when you're not living at home. But I feel like people who live there now don't, maybe can't even appreciate it, that growing up, the city just shut down. Like, there was no nightlife. There weren't, like, restaurants and things. It was a pretty quiet city up until i think the 90s when some places started opening up but now when we go back i feel like right now there's a guy in south philly who has been at a bar for 19 years and when i say that i mean he has not left and he doesn't know what you're talking about when it comes to the city shuts down he's like does trapping field hands break up no i just mean that like we just this happens to a lot of people i think that the city you grew up in you rediscover it a little bit later when you can go to bars legally and so we fell back in love with our city but would I move there? I don't. It's it's a nice place to live. Um, would you? You didn't answer. Oh, absolutely no heartbeat. Where would you if go? I, if I didn't if I didn't have a job in Los Angeles and I hadn't spent the first twenty years of my life in Philadelphia, yeah. And you know, you whenever you're there, like you spend like, at the end of high school. I feel like you spend that last year or two of high school dreaming of getting out of wherever you yeah. are. So I, but now when I go back to Philadelphia, I love it. It's like great. I love it. Um, we skipped. Fat Joe's all the way up. That's what I thought we did. I was so psyched to say that I was all the way up. Uh, this is an interesting bit of like of East Coast revivalism. I just feel like... How do you feel about Jay-Z on this song? Well, he's not on this version. Oh, so this is the not the remix. This remakes. is the non-Jay-Z okay. version, but we could talk about that. But what I, what I wanted to say about this, though, if you had to pick... This, this would be a very strange game or situation, but if you had to pick the career of a rapper to have... You could do a lot worse than picking Fat Joe because this is a dude who seems to have a very good life. He seems to have made money. Maybe he's invested well. I don't know. Every four to five years, he just comes back with a banger that dominates New York radio. He's like he's having a Terror Squad reunion that's like headlining Summer Jam this year. And he's fine. So like I, I missed him when he was gone, but I didn't think about it much. When he comes back, he has, he has some stuff to say on this track. And Remy Ma, who's been in been in the big house she has she destroys this track i love this track it makes me happy it's very 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 old-fashioned east coast rap so with jay coming back on the remix yeah he quotes he quotes gangstar right i thought that i was kind of thinking for a minute it might be amazing if jay never never said another public thing just never rapped again seriously 
like went straight Salinger and just was wow. like, catch me in Maine at the general store, <laughs> send me my letters. Just eating lobster and blueberry pie. Yeah, but it's like after Lemonade and after everything that happened, but also especially just like the sum total of his contributions to rap music. After that Simpsons gif of an appearance of on Drake's on Drake's song. Tell, tell the people about it. Isn't well, there was like, there was a there's pop style on on Drake's views. Well, he he's not on that version, but the version yeah, they leaked. Yeah, but when the first the version that leaked, version it was just basically my name is Jay, spelled J A Y. That was <laughs> uh, that's not actually what he says, but he might as well have. And then this, his verse is over. He, yeah. get, he he only has half a bar for Drake. It, it was old man yells at cloud. <laughs> yeah, but in audio. And form. I was thinking that it might be good if Jay just never rapped again. But he does. He quits himself okay on the on the remix. He's always going to be good at rapping. Like, that's not the issue. The issue that he has that's much harder than it is for other types of musicians is that he has to frame, reframe the narrative every time. And he's in very much uncharted waters because the, the really smart thing about the Blueprint 3 and afterwards was that he basically created a new lane as the classic rock version, the, the rap version of classic rock. Yeah. He had a band. He had the greatest hits. He was going for widescreen, you know, like uh, Empire State of Mind. He was going for a pop hit. Yeah. But then he was touring. He, he was, was going to be U2 where he could put out a record every three or four years and tour stadiums off of it. And tour stadiums yeah. off of it with a band. And yeah, he yeah. had the catalog to support that. That's never been done before. And there's no real proof that that is a thing because the lifeblood of hip hop is relevance, right? Yeah. And having something to say now. And where he is in his career, he's not nearly as nimble as his wife is who can basically take a personal, even if it's a rumor, and craft an entirely new and pretty fascinating um, public narrative and performance around it. His wife is, is much more nimble than him because he was paralyzed by her last album. <laughs> yes. right. He cannot literally walk or move his pelvis anymore since she had it extracted yeah. like, like fucking alien jaws. Um, but the, I guess the thing is I'm happier to hear him just pop on a Fat Joe track than I am about this potential collaborative album they're going to release to address things. Because people, Do you think that's real? I hope not. Like the last thing that they really collaborated on was like Lift Off on Watch the Throne, which is the song that America and the world has agreed just, just didn't happen. No one, everyone just skips <laughs> yeah. it. Everyone just assumes it goes straight to ends and People Paris. really forgive Beyonce her musical trespasses if there are any. Like if it happens, like nobody's like, damn, that Beyonce song sucked. Yeah, I don't think we really need them doing an album like Islands in the Stream of duets. You right. know? I, I, I think the narrative is better for her to do this thing and then just continue to do the next thing. But that puts him in a very strange place. Before we keep going with this playlist, this barbecue playlist, I want to tell you a little bit about our sponsor today. I'm really happy you said that. Andy, the problem with wearing a rental tuxedo is that it looks like a rental tuxedo. What kind of tuxedos did you rent for prom in high school, Chris? Do you want See, to talk about them? Everybody knows it. And what if there were a way to get quality crafted Italian wool suits and tuxedos rented to you online? What? The Black Tux was created for guys like you. You. Me? Who deserve quality crafted Italian threads along with a knowledgeable customer service core. And the best part is it's hassle-free, all done online. So what's the Black Tux? It's tuxedo rentals finally made easy. To get started, visit the blacktux.com and select from a complete looks or build your own. And the prices start at 95 bucks. The Black Tux designs and manufactures quality crafted Italian wool suits and tuxedos for rent entirely online. And if you have any questions about fitting, their top-notch customer service team is always on hand to lend assistance. After you've ordered, your suit will arrive seven days before your event, which leaves you plenty of time to try it on. And if the fit needs a tweak, the Black Tux will do whatever it takes to fix it in time. When the event's over, just ship your tux back in the box it came from free it's that easy you visit blacktux.com slash bspn and experience a new way to rent the blacktux.com slash bspn i want to go to that do it i thought maybe we could take a couple of songs and group them together here oh. as thematically 
Uh, you know, you're really excelling at these transitions. Well, things. I was looking at our list and I was saying I saw Radiohead's Burn the Witch, Iggy Pop's Sunday. Yeah. And Paul Simon's Cool Papa Bell. Oh, God, I love that song. So let's just talk about older white men. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally, they can have a voice in today's society. Yeah. <laughs> on the on or, on podcast. Or on this podcast. <laughs> it's about time someone stood up for the big guy. Um, I remain a fan of this Radiohead record. I, we haven't done a podcast on it because I'm re- I'm struggling, man. Are I you wanna... struggling or are you trying? Because struggle implies trying. engagement. Yeah, struggle is like I'm still walking up the hill. I think that that's a very good call. And I, I am at the top of the hill, and I'm listening to True Love Waits. That's nice. I like that song. I will, I've always liked that song. I think, to be honest with you, I've been a little gun shy around this album because I was so hyped for them to come back. Right. And well, I was is, like, yeah. they're going to come back in a way that makes perfect sense because they're going to come back more organically minded with their music they're going to you know king of limbs was such a chilly disappointment that they're going to bring warmth in and that's going to be an interesting thing for them to do burn the witch suggested that they might i like this track but the al- I, I have not continued to listen to the album or put in the work because the more i listen to it the more i'll remember what it sounds like and it's not i'm almost enjoying it yeah. still being vague in my it's mind it's also p- partly because most of your music listening takes place 25,000 feet above the ground listen 35,000 feet and you just don't really want to be like thinking about burning I, the witch when or, you're up there or, or not trapped in a metal box hurtling over a dystopian <laughs> present yeah, yeah. Um, i don't want that i, don't I want that. really like the radio record and one of the a record that really is almost overlooked and it was it was one of these, it wasn't a surprise release, but it was something that, like Chance, like Kanye with Tidal, a couple of these other things, was somewhat tied to a music service. So this Iggy Pop, Josh Homme record, yeah. post-pop depression, they did a big, long Zane Lowe interview. It was out on Apple. Josh Homme's got a, got a radio show on Beats. Um, and this record came and went, um, but I, I think it's really, really good. I mean, Iggy Pop is somebody whose reputation I think went through a little bit of a not a revival or anything like anybody disliked him but because of David Bowie's passing mm-hmm. I think people revisited The Idiot and um, Lust for Life which two records mm-hmm. that David Bowie worked on with Iggy Pop and this record post-pop depression is considered an extension of those yeah uh, and it's just really really cool it's really nice to hear Iggy Pop playing with such like a dynamic, fun, kind of slithery, funky band. But that's the thing about Iggy Pop is that unlike a lot of great artists from that era who were themselves chameleons like Bowie. Yeah. Iggy Pop has always been kind of a blunt object, blunt tool. And like, I mean that of all praise possible. He's the best and bluntest there ever was. Yeah. But he needs to be put in the right context before he's revved up and let go. And that's what Josh Homme did on this record. I really like it, too. Yeah. It had not spent enough time with it so that when you were playing a little snippet of it just before, I thought it was old. I thought it was from the 70s. Was I thought old. this was a post-punk record or, like, the new Radio 4 album where they're trying to, like, reclaim that sound. Yeah. But, I, I you know, it's not... It can get into tricky waters with just, like, rockism or revivalism, but I think that it's... you it's You can, can't really go wrong putting someone in their best position to succeed like no. that. You, that's how we want to hear him. So I haven't listened to the new Paul Simon stuff. Dude, I, first of all, is it, is it a big dude? <laughs> Have you heard that new Simon? You cop that new Simon? Yo, is it going to blow people's minds? I'm a big Paul Simon fan. No, not at all. Big Simon solo head. Love that stuff. Hearts and Bones, that's my jam. Okay. Okay. I don't respect Paul Simon for for uh, t- stealing from Los Lobos. <laughs> That's a great song. You should have credited them. You know, there's a lot of lot of issues with Graceland, but you can't front on the music, man. 
Here's the thing about this I record. You're like, speaking for Los Lobos, it's water under the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, look, I'm going to step up here. If Los Lobos aren't big enough to forgive Paul Simon, I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> Chris, who is going to speak up for the rich white man on this podcast? It's going to be me. I, I love Paul Simon, but I also really, really love... And I'm fascinated by these artists who were enormously successful, seminal artists who continue to age, but age in a way where they're engaging with their art. Mm -hmm. And this record that he just put out, Stranger to Stranger, and he's still experimenting with sounds. And the song Cool Papa Bell, I think, is very beautiful, very funny. Plus, I'm thrilled to hear a 75-year-old man say motherfucker on a record. I, I just know, feel you like... usually only hear that, hear that on podcasts. What are some other songs we can talk about? I want to hear, I want to talk a little bit about this this thing, the range, because yeah. we got a little. It's not quite like a chill wave revival, nah. and if, I think if you say chill wave revival three times, somebody comes up and stabs you in the heart. But uh, <laughs> chill wave revival. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think the range? What what is the range? I love the range. I feel it's, like Bruce Hornsby is not a part of it. First of all, great callback to a season two togetherness joke. Because did they make I, that joke? <laughs> season two, they were like, they were there was some flirting, and and one of the one of the Duplass was just like. I like the range better than Bruce Hornsby. Okay. Um, this is a dude who makes electronic music, but the record is called Potential. I absolutely love it. Sometimes people are like, what should you listen to when you're writing? Because word, because music with a lot of words can be distracting. Yeah. This is a good record to listen to. I usually to. listen to rain sounds. Do you really? Yeah. That, Ambient it, like rain sounds. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. There's a couple of Spotify playlists where they have like Miami rain. And it'll be like far off thunder with the wow. rain hitting like uh... the chill wave revival should come in like brown <laughs> just brown bag you throw you in the back of a van and beat you with soap. That's insane. Did, is, was this like filling a void in your life since the Nature Company no, closed? No, I just and you can't even. Your... I can't have any emotional engagement with what's happening you, in your life. Are you confessing <laughs> something? Are you okay? Yeah. Do you miss your Putumayo compilations that much? No, I can't. I just can't listen. I can't have like a musical. I can't yeah. have emotional cues in my music, so I can't listen to like spaghetti western soundtracks. I can't listen to like I can listen to like some classical. Okay. Yeah. But it's certainly, in, certainly not podcasts. You can't listen to someone talking. What are but podcasts? They're overrated. But <laughs> this record is it's called Potential, and a lot of the samples come from YouTube clips. Oh yeah, I read about this. And so this is one of the one of John the amazing Caramonic songs about this in the times. Yeah, he wrote really well about it. I mean, unsurprisingly. But there's a track in there called Florida, which is just like the greatest name for a song about potential. <laughs> <laughs> um, and people striving, and uh, it samples someone covering Ariana Grande on on YouTube. So there's this real pathos in all of the clips of people trying, 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 and maybe not quite being the actual deal, the real yeah. deal. Um, I love this album. I, I really recommend listening to all of it. So for rap stuff, we've talked about Chance, and we've talked about Jay and Fat Joe. Uh, we have two other tracks on here, mm. one by YG and yeah. one by ASAP Ferg. They're almost prematurely old guys. That's a great point. Uh, well, Ferg has like Ferg too. is just like the avid, like he is the the way station for all like New York rap styles for a lot of rap styles. But just when I listen to Ferg, I feel like I'm spinning the dial on like a greatest hits compilation of of East Coast hip hop. Uh, there is like obviously Atlanta stuff, but I love Hungry Ham off his last <laughs> record, Always Strive and Prosper. I just I just laughed at that name. I I mean this is the same dude who named the best song in his last album Hood Pope. I feel like I feel like I feel like this dude has has a good sense of humor. He does. Uh but 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 to your point, he's operating in a in a in a field that is basically fallow for the most part. You know, mm -hmm. the, the occasional Fat Joe with Jay-Z track aside, like classic or at least classic in our definition of 90, 90s to early 2000s 
New York rap is not really popping off right now. You forgot that uh, he also has a song called Cocaine Castle. I love this dude. And it's a beautiful song because, you know, I think that's in the Riverlands, isn't it? Or yeah. is it? Um, and uh, to, but to, to pair him with YG, who's doing something very, very similar with, with G-Funk, basically, with yeah. West Coast rap. This track, this new track has Drake on it, but it sounds like it's from a Rap and Forte album from like 1991. Um, it's pretty interesting that both these guys are young and are marketing as themselves as new artists, but in many ways, the pleasures they're giving us are not too dissimilar from those throwback rap radio stations that have started to pop up. Yeah. Which, if you have one in your city, you should make that your preset number one because it is just pure pleasure. Yeah. Even Backspin though it's, radio is just real good stuff. But yeah. it's not like quote-unquote cool and yeah. this brings us back to the jay-z conversation we were having but it's it's there's no shame in liking that stuff it's just funny it's basically a detour from the main thrust of hip the hip-hop conversation which is always about what's new and what's next um speaking of what's new and what's next paul simon again <laughs> do you want do you want, do you want to do that because i'll talk hearts and bones for is a minute is colleen green new do you know he was married to carrie fisher when he made that album it was about their divorce yes carrie fisher seems like she's she, she has a lot of warm feelings for Paul Can Simon. Can you imagine being married to Carrie Fisher in or 1981? Paul or Paul Simon. And Paul Simon's like, let's go, let's go Jack Los Lobos. Just let's just go treat Los Lobos like, all right. Um, Colleen Green. The Myth of Fingerprints. That's the Los Lobos song. Sorry about that, dudes. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. What can it's I tell you? It's not your place to apologize. I feel like Paul Simon and I have more in common than Los Lobos and I. Do you think that's fair? We've both been married to Carrie Fisher. <laughs> um, we're both five foot two. Um, <laughs> Colleen Green is new. She is yeah. a young lady who lives in your city, the city we're in right now, Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And she city of Los Lobos. <laughs> I'm going to have to go to the airport under armed guard today. <laughs> the city response takes care of its own. Um, do you think YG likes Los Lobos? I'm sure. I hope so. Yeah. Look, um, she has this EP out that's called Colleen Green. She had a record out a year or two ago. It's on Spotify, obviously. She reminds me of, uh, of there's a singer called Helen Love from England in the 90s who basically made Ramon's albums alone with like a, a, a drum machine and a, like a fuzz box and would just write 30 songs that sounded exactly as bubblegum and as fun as the Ramones. That's sort of what Colleen Green does too. There's just hooks for days, choruses forever, but there's no evidence that there's anyone else involved with any of it other than her. Yeah. And she seems to, her, her Twitter handle is like Colleen420Green. So I feel like... You think she, she's earning her last name? She, she's a, no, no, no stranger to the dispensary. Uh, my song that's sort of a corollary here, it's not really that related to Colleen Green at all, but it's James Blake. You got a little ahead of yourself with the segues. I got to say, this week's After the Thrones, Chris was just killing it with the segues. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, you know, there are limits. I know. So James Blake's got a new record. It's called The Color in Anything. Ugh. Ironic, because there's no color on this it's record. Gorgeous. It, it's so beautiful. It's too long. But it is a gorgeous, gorgeous record. And this song, Points, is the kind of thing that it's like, basically like this record is slow release. You have to pay for it a little bit, but when it comes, it really comes. Since Points is a perfect uh, example of like, your face while I talk about this is incredible. Uh, you sell me on this. But Look. it's just got like, in the, it's got this like really cool R&B production tricks that he uses on these really ethereal, droney, <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> this, this keyboard driven pop songs that are then dropped and like they they almost feel screwed and chopped to like the way that they're the production sounds. Look, I appreciate that many people whose taste I respect like this dude. Like Chance was going to make a record with him, yeah. right? I think the music was used to good effect in season one of the leftovers. 
Although, to be clear, I was not a fan of season also, one. Wasn't that a Joni Mitchell song that they were using? I, yeah, it's been so long since I watched television. Um, I, I think like he, he collaborated with Beyonce on the new record, and I, I like that. I like what he brings to other artists, but there's something about his music that just drives me insane. It's like, it, it, it's like uh, it, there's matter and antimatter, and this is like anti-sex. I feel like if you listen to this record, uh, you it, turns, it turns you into like Martin, <laughs> like it turns you into Bill Haverchuk from Freaks and Geeks. There's something about this record that is so chilly and terrified of human contact that it just makes me worried about the future of species. I don't understand your your ideology now. This music is purely only just like visceral. I just like it's just, I just energy, like, just boning and sunny. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, but you not, know, not just. There's so many different colors in the spectrum. But, but why do you have? Why do we have to wallow in them? You know, I mean, we're we're all going to be seventy four years old and five foot two one it's day, a like Paul Simon. Song. Yeah, but the album is like two and a half hours long. Yeah, I'm not. That's not the only thing I do with my time. I just am so yeah, curious you, about You listen this. to rain sounds alone in a room. <laughs> like, let's be clear who the narrator while is. I blog. While you're blogging, I think something is broken inside. Um, one, tell, just just set set the t- like. When do you play that? Because you in said the car. last time in we the talked car, about this. While I'm sitting in traffic. And you don't go full Michael Douglas and falling down? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. So we, when we talked about this last time, you made a point, which I think is interesting, that you are living here in verdant sunshine with yeah. farmer's markets and bounteous produce. Yeah. And so you don't mind feeling a little nippy sometimes, feeling a little chill. Yeah, I have to paint. Like I have to get the shades of gray where I can get them. I, I do have to say that one thing I've noticed with my, let's just be honest, weekly trips here is that there's not much shade like there are patches of the city out here where it's just like a hot box yeah. and it's flat yeah, and the light is intense. Yep. And so I can understand the desire. I just feel like there, there are other ways. Also to... like just generally the demeanor in this city is very like, Hey guy, how's it going? Yeah. Except for me and Los Lobos, keep it real. Yeah. And we listen to James Blake. And you just, he <laughs> just throw darts at your Paul Simon board. Um, let's, let's agree on something. Yes. Let's We're talk s- about modern baseball. Yes. First of all, Thank you to you and to Mallory Rubin for having me on the MLB podcast that you guys are doing for The Ringer. Is that what you mean by modern baseball? <laughs> I'm not participating in it. Are we going to do a Phillies podcast? I don't think that I have, I'm equipped to do that. I'm trying to. It's like the secret. I'm putting something out into the world. I want to be on the baseball podcast. You're so. going to be on the baseball podcast. Oh, God, uh, fingers crossed. So, Andy, we want to talk about modern baseball. Who've put out this new record, Holy Ghost. It's production-wise a step forward from their last record, which was called You're Going to Miss It All. These guys are from Philly. A couple of them went to Drexel. Let the Drexel Dragons roar. Um, and this is just like a record. Where, you remember when Waves had an album a couple of years ago and everybody was like, oh, it's like throwback to Weezer and Green Day. It's child of the 90s reflecting. Yeah. That was, I got that. But the thing that modern baseball has, and they, they also have elements of Green Day and Weezer to their, there's a song at the end of the album that reminds me very much of Tired of Sex from Pickerton, but uh, musically. But they just have... <laughs> the thing that reminds me of Tired of Sex just as an idea is James Blake. <laughs> Sorry. Go on, go Dickhead. on. Uh, is they have songs. Like, they just have... This songwriting is really, really good. The, put, the track we put on this playlist is called Apple Cider, I Don't Mind. And it sounds... Like, it opens up, like, has, like, almost like a Cure Echo and the Bunnyman sweep to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is just a great record. This is the best Get Up Kids record since... Get Up Kids record in 2006. Yeah. Um, I kind of was dubious of these kids because, probably because they were kids. Yeah. And, you know, me and Paul Simon were just having little cups of coffee on the corner Upper West Side. No, like they were, they were grouped <laughs> in with this emo revival. And, you know, you, I wrote a book about 
the first time that emo stuff happened yeah. in the 90s and you lived it. And I kind of wasn't sure what they were bringing because they were... The, the thing is, what I, what I, I love you with a cigar, like, what are you bringing, kid? What you bring? <laughs> I, I am, no, dude, I am Doogie Howser's friend from vinyl. I was like, why don't you play something that kicks? Yeah, right. Why don't you cover the... This isn't your key. That is, but I was about to, I was about to say, like, I was being very impatient because they were a band that was just forming and figuring stuff out. And this album came out of a period of, of tumult in the band. There are two songwriters in the, in the band, and, and one of the songwriters um, went to recovery for some issues that he'd been having. And showed up and like had to write his songs in a hurry and what's amazing and exciting about this record is that the songs though coming from different voices and from different perspectives seem to speak to each other yeah i love it when there's two songwriters in a band and there's like a little bit of energy like in that in the right regard and there's a like uncle tupelo kind of thing right and there's like a but there's a because you love them yeah so much remember remember when we were <laughs> I like i love uncle tupelo but yeah, remember there was a minute in the 90s we were like man sunvolt's really got it i feel bad for tweety that is that was hilarious when that shit happened when, the, when, when that, trace came out the first song on the first sunvolt record was basically like bring the curtain down yeah. on jeff tweedy's career no like, it was no like when the spurs beat good. the thunder by 40 in game one and you were like maybe kevin durant just shouldn't play basketball anymore and now it's like <laughs> and then one day like in the rain you showed up at my dorm room banging on the door with tears running down your face holding up wilco's being there like the boom box and say anything we were wrong and kevin durant apparently not bad at hooping yeah um I love this because there is a there's a generosity to the songwriting. You know, it is not the myopia that usually gets associated that it's comes fun. from tracks that are. It's fun without being screeching weasel. I I do like screeching weasel, but like it's not goofy, but it is fun. It's not goofy, it yeah. is, exactly. But it is also emotional. But it is not that sort of self pitying myopia that can sometimes come with bands that are lumped in the emo yeah. scene. And I feel like it's good as, for your in your in your regard, like it would be like that would be castrated dark music that needs to be put in a coffin and buried. I think buried for a long time. <laughs> definitely like in the desert near here in los angeles but look i think um that's just coachella the, th the thing that speaks most highly of this band for being fully honest this record speaks for itself we are super high on it but you sent me a youtube clip of modern baseball performing a halloween set as the killers yeah now Long-time listeners of this podcast know how we feel about the killers. But this was sort of the th you were talking about how you were sort of distrustful of this record because of how young these guys are <laughs> mm-hmm they they, they were Look, playing Mr. Brightside. being a millennial, I was distressed. When we were young, or when you were young. Yeah, when you were those young. Those kids, they were kids when those records came those out. Were, those were... We were like, when the Killers came out, we were like, the Killers are kind of phonies, but we like them a lot. They're like, the best kind of phonies, yeah. because they are genuinely assimilating all this great radio rock right. from the 80s and 90s. And then, and then... Like, so the idea that these guys are like, this is our classic rock. But honestly, I watched that clip of them, of them playing the show, playing the show and playing killer songs. And, um, they're not kidding. That's what I oh, really no appreciate. Way. And I'm not kidding. I love the killer. No, no, I know. But I mean, they're not, it matters that they're not kidding. And that they're like, if we keep writing songs in the way that's natural to us, we might be able to come up with yeah, a they're baseline playing, like this. They play we can do this. All these things that I've done, and you can yeah. tell it's like they can't wait to have a song like this. And they're moving in that direction. Yeah. That's another fun thing about a band is when you find a band ready to make that next leap. Um, and then in the middle of the video, someone in the crowd is just like, play a modern baseball cover. Yeah, that was funny. I was like, you get in the coffin with James Blake. So ends our barbecue. Where's our barbecue? It's sexless. It's, it's full of a lot of tension between Los Lobos and Paul Simon. It's full of elderly liberals from the and Upper West Side. And it's got ASAP Ferg saying, Hungry Ham. This has been The Watch. I hope you guys all have a lovely Memorial Day. Andy, it's great to have you in person. We will be back uh, soon to talk more about television and pop culture. Until then, man. 
And watch our TV show. Yeah. Watch After the Thrones on HBO. Oh, please Plat- do. HBO platforms. Yeah. What are you serving at the barbecue? Hungry ham? <laughs> Great job, Baranski! Great barbecue, Baranski! Thanks to our sponsor, The Black Tux, the problem with wearing a rental tuxedo is that it looks like a rental tuxedo, and everybody knows it. The Black Tux is changing that by offering quality crafted Italian wool suits and tuxedos for rent online. Select from complete looks or build your own starting at $95. To get started, visit theblacktux.com BSPN and experience a new way to rent. theblacktux.com BSPN.